there are only two directions we can ever travel in. And this isn't an absurd oversimplification of life. It sounds like an absurd oversimplification of life because we would all say there's lots and lots of different directions, lots and lots of angles that we can take, not just the two directions. But this isn't an oversimplification at all. The two directions are the direction of increasing newness or the direction of continuing sameness. So when we consider that for a moment, we can see that they are, I suppose we could say that they're completely at right angles to each other. They have nothing in common. And we could also say that there's kind of um, issues associated with each one. So I could say, well, the trouble with the direction of continuing sameness is that it's very boring and very unchallenging and immensely tedious. And also, I could also say that the problem with the direction of continuing sameness, just like a road that you can walk down and it's the same, the same, the same, and then more of, more of, more of, and here we go again, here we go again, here we go again. Now, the real problem with this is that it isn't a direction because we're not getting anywhere. Because we can only get somewhere when we get somewhere different. To get somewhere exactly the same is not to get anywhere. So that's a big problem with this difficult, with this direction. That it isn't a direction. At the very most, it can be an appearance of a direction or a hallucination of a direction. So that doesn't sound so good. So temporarily we could cross, what up, cross that off the list and say that's not so great. Now the other direction, it really is a direction because we're getting, we're actually changing. We're not standing in the same spot. Things are really, really changing. We really are moving. And it really is a direction in that sense. But then we could say, well, that's, there's an issue with that because It's um, because it is the direction of increasing newness, so I don't really know what I'm getting myself into. I absolutely don't know what what I'm getting myself into because who's to know what newness is? Could be anything. And the whole point of newness is that there's no um, guarantees. It's just newness and that's it. So that when I've when I focus on that, I realize that the movement in the direction of increasing newness is really risk. It's, it's pure risk, absolute risk. I'm taking an absolute chance and I don't even know, you know, what the 
what I'm taking a chance on. It's not like I'm throwing a dice and it could come down um, in six different ways, which is a kind of trivial risk. But I know it's. I know when I throw the dice, it's going to come down, and I know it can only be one of those six possibilities. So that's trivial risk. But this is radical risk. I'm not throwing a dice. I don't know what it is I'm throwing, and I don't know how it may come down. So it really is something that if we stop to think about it, we'd have reservations. And another associated point that we could make about moving in the direction of increasing risk is that, or moving in the direction of increasing newness, I should say, is that when we move in this direction, everything's new, which is stating the obvious. But because everything's new, nothing's the same, which means there's nothing to hang on to, there's no continuity. So it's not like I am making this journey, so there's a long road and you can see me walking down it and my legs are going and I'm striding along. It's not just that I'm breaking into new territory, but the one who is breaking into the new territory is also new. Nothing remains the same. The traveller doesn't remain the same. The journeyer doesn't remain the same. And so in one way, that's cool. It's pretty damn cool. But in another way, I have to let go of myself every single step of the way. In fact, the whole journey is nothing more than a complete letting go. And even that sounds a little bit, is a bit misleading because letting go sounds like there's somebody who's letting go. Like I say, I'm going to let go. But the point is there is nobody who's letting go <clears throat> because the letting go is the letting go of the person who we might assume is letting go. And so there is no one letting go. So there is letting go. There is no one who's letting go because we've let go of that somebody. That's the whole point of it. That's the gist of it. We're letting go of the one who's letting go. So <clears throat> when we when we say that, then we can see, as I said, that, that, that we could easily have reservations and say, hang on, I'm not really sure about that at all. It might be interesting. But in my book, it's just a little bit too interesting. And you know when things get too interesting, that's not good. That's that's a bit much. It's um, It can get a bit freaky. We like things to be a little bit interesting, but not that interesting. So in practical terms, what this means is we actually forget about the direction of increasing newness. We forget about that because when we realise <clears throat> what it is, then we don't want to go there anymore. So we think, OK, we'll go back to the first choice, which is the direction of continuing sameness, which we had crossed off the list because it sounded so damn boring. But now we're looking at it with different eyes. And we're thinking, 
Maybe that isn't so bad after all. It's got advantages. It's definitely got advantages. And the advantage is there isn't this. The, the, the advantage is that it's so boring and there's no, it's not too interesting. And the advantage is that there's continuity. And continuity means that it's the same it's the same me who's walking down the road the whole time. Everything <clears throat> that happens in my life, whatever it is, it's always happening to me. It's always happening to the same old me. Different things can happen. Maybe diverse stuff can happen. But it's always happening to me. So I've got that continuity there. And so that's, that's reassuring. Because it was the loss of that continuity which was freaking me out when I was thinking about the direction of increasing newness. So having gone through that, the point of all this is just to say then that all of us, not just some of us, all of us have opted for that <coughs> only to be one direction, which is the direction of continuing sameness, which is the linear direction. That's just same as, same as. And not only have we opted for that direction, but we don't even have any concept that there is a direction of increasing newness. That's a direction we don't know about, we don't acknowledge. If we did start to see that there is a direction of increasing newness, then that perception would itself be newness. So we'd already be moving in the direction of increasing newness. Just by having, just by that insight coming into our heads. So that would spoil the game. So we don't have that insight coming into our heads. And so when anyone comes up to us and starts talking about the direction of increasing newness, we stare at them as if they were a Martian. We stare at them as if they had two heads. Or maybe we just stare at them as if they're a complete idiot who doesn't know what they're talking about. Because obviously that's what they're talking about is incompatible with absolutely everything with what we all believe. <clears throat> so they're pretty much an outsider in that, in that respect. So these two directions of increasing sameness and continuing, increasing newness and continuing sameness might sound somewhat unfamiliar. But another way of putting it is to say that the two directions are the directions of creativity, which always results in the new, which is the, um, which is the new coming onto the scene and copying. So of the two, we can say that creativity is risky and dangerous and copying is safe. And psychologically speaking, what we do in life is we copy. Everything's an exercise in copying. Copying is really the name of the game. Now this also isn't particularly familiar to us. 
this way of talking about it isn't familiar to us. But the thing is, this is the essence of all games, whether we realise it or not, all games are copying. All games are completely um, devoid of creativity. They have to be. You can't be creative in a game. So the basic gist of it is that when it comes down to copying and the business of copying, there's two ways to do it. You can do it accurately and well, in which case you get a, um, a merit or a tick or a pat on the back, or you can do it not so well or badly, or you can miss the mark. You're trying to copy something and you end up with something which isn't it. You end up with some kind of thing that definitely isn't what you were trying to copy. And you get a demerit for that. You get a, um, you get um, negative kudos for that. So there's no kudos in failed copying. And that's the game. Copying successfully is winning. Failed copying is losing. And we're all struggling as and competing with each other and struggling as hard as we can to keep on copying the stuff. And what I am talking about here really is, is us living our lives. How do we live our lives? By copying templates, by trying to do what other people do, only maybe better, by trying to be what other people are, only better. We're copying the societal templates that have been given to us. We are acting out the assumptions that have been given given to us. We're playing the games that have been given to us to play and it's all very safe. Now we don't think of it as being safe because we can be very quite we can be quite stressed about it and it's like oh my god am I going to copy successfully or not. So there's this huge stress about will I succeed or will I fail and that seems like a really big thing and it really does stress us out. But this isn't really risk. This is superficial risk. Because even if I succeed brilliantly, all I'm doing is copying. All I'm doing is going down the road of continuing sameness, just going down a bit further. Only it's not a road because it doesn't go anywhere, but it's a hallucinatory journey down a hallucinatory road. So really it's nothing. By avoiding the primary risk of existence and opting for superficial risk instead, trivial risk, what I've actually done is cop out of existence entirely because in existence there is no such thing as trivial risk. Well, there is, but there's no such thing as trivial risk that has taken the place of radical risk. If you get rid of all radical risk, you get rid of all reality, all life, all existence. Because the very nature of reality or life or existence is that it is radical risk, profound risk, risk with no continuity, risk with nothing to hold on to, or as we could also say, no self.
no ego construct to hang everything on and to relate everything to. And when we talk about this radical risk or the radical uncertainty factor, what we're really talking about is movement. We're really talking about Krishnamurti's unending current. And that's a risk because we don't know where it's going. Nobody knows where it's going. Absolutely nobody. Not even the really, really smart people that have been to college and university and stuff and have been acclaimed as experts. They don't know. And the biggest Egypt you'd ever meet, the biggest fool, he doesn't know either or she doesn't know. And the really, really smart people don't know. Nobody knows. So we're all in the same boat there, really. Which would make you wonder what the point of being so damn smart is. What's the point of having this um, prestige of being highly educated, being a professor of this or whatever the hell it is of that. What's the point? Because you're still in the same boat as the biggest Egypt that ever walks. So maybe the Egypt isn't the Egypt. Maybe he isn't an Egypt. And maybe you aren't so damn smart. Maybe I'm not so damn smart. So really, the radical risk comes down to this movement into the unknown. And very clearly, we cannot replace the journey into the unknown with the journey into the known and get away with it so that we reformulate reality or existence as being a journey into the known and say, well, this will do just as well. Because it won't do just as well, because the whole thing um, isn't a journey. Nothing's happening, nothing's changing. We're just standing still. We're just standing still, and yet the thing is, there is no such thing as standing still. There is no stillness. Stillness does not exist. Standing still. In the stillness in the sense of standing still on the same spot doesn't exist. Definite locations don't exist. Definite locations don't exist because in order for a definite location to exist, there has to be this framework allowing us to locate ourselves and that framework has to be standing still, it has to be fixed. So we can have fixed frameworks within the context of the hollow movement, but they're only meaning in, their, in relation to themselves because they're only true in the very limited sense of how they themselves take themselves to be true. But in the bigger context, they're really part of this hollow movement which means that this thing about standing still isn't really true, this thing about locations isn't really true. Locations don't exist.
locations don't exist because for the same reason that continuing sameness doesn't exist because for the same reason that staying in the same spot doesn't exist because there is no same spot at the risk of repeating myself and far too much there and yet the fascinating thing is that our whole lives take place within this static framework which doesn't really exist and we want our lives to make sense it's necessary for our lives to make some kind of have some sort of meaning to them and yet just as long as we're playing it safe and staying within the static framework and refusing to admit that there is this direction of increasing newness then nothing about our lives will ever have any meaning at all and that's just another way of saying that our existence is profoundly unreal and that we're afraid of reality. And this state of affairs where our lives are fundamentally lacking in any meaning, just as long as we're stuck in the psychosatic mode, Could be said to be the root cause of all our mental health problems and we're not going to sort these problems out by controlling or copying so when you go and see a therapist they tell you stuff and you copy it when you read a book you copy what's in the book when you go on a course you copy what's on the course controlling cannot help us of any sort at all even though we fondly imagine controlling is great and it'll sort everything out controlling isn't great and it won't sort everything out not in a mental health sense because all it does is repeat the old there's no such thing as controlling to get anywhere new okay thanks for watching <laughs>